0: Hello my name is Madison Powers and welcome to Social Mentality where we discuss mental health and tips to help you take care of yourself. I also have a new guest each week. Today we will talk about the positive effects of social media on mental health. Today I have Dr. Joe Dennis the chair of the Mass Communications Department here at Piedmont University with me. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Madison. Thanks for having me.
0: In your opinion, do you believe that social media can help the, end the stigma of um, mental illnesses?
1: I really do, uh, Madison. I mean, social media is frequently criticized for aggravating people's mental health issues, and that is true. Like, I, I believe that argument is true. Like, there mm-hmm. are certainly some people who you know utilize Instagram and and you know have issues with body image because they're comparing themselves. Other people and people only put their best selves on social media a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And that is true. And I know you talked about that earlier. But I think we want to be very careful when we just stigmatize social media as being bad because I think there are some very good uses of social media when it comes to mental health because it. In a way, it it's a it's a way for people to express themselves. When people are feeling down, the worst thing that a person can feel is alone, right? right? And that no one understands them and no one cares. And using social media to communicate your real feelings, I think, um, your personal feelings, can be an effective way for you to uh, get help and also to reach out to friends and i have some personal experiences with that that i'm happy to discuss as well
0: yeah i completely um agree with what you say about how a lot of people they'll feel like by alone and by themselves and with social media especially with the constant development of more kind of mental health groups uh, the one I mostly am familiar with are the ones on Facebook, and it definitely it does help give a sense of community to those just for them knowing that they're not alone. There's other people who are going through either similar uh situations in terms of a mental disability or just the same because every mental disability or any mental health issue it affects everybody differently, and just like with it affecting everyone differently, it also correlates with everyone's treatment is different because everyone's bodies are made completely different than everyone else. So what works for one person might not work for the other person, but they can reach out on Facebook and say, hey, I tried this, didn't work. Anyone have any suggestions that I could talk to my doctor for? Um, At least that's how I've had experience with in that aspect because my mom and I, we have bipolar disorder. I have the lesser of the two, but some of my treatment that I was going through in high school was similar to hers. But she would, all, she was able to tell me about certain medications to not take because of certain side effects.
1: Oh wow, um, that's great.
0: Because, for example, there was this one medication that she had taken, and one side effect was uh, weight gain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so they wanted to put me on that medication. And being a teenager, being in high school, weight like weight gain, body image was very big. Cause sure. I was getting more and more social media during that time, and so she she told the dog, like, "No, is there something else?" Because she didn't want me to have to go through that, which I'm very grateful for because I didn't want to have to go through that either. But it's it just it really just depends, I think.
1: Yes, and and that's a great example and a personal example that you give. I could I'll share my personal example too. So I suffer from clinical depression, um, and it's something that I've been living with for almost 20 years now. And it's very, I feel like, successfully managed and under control. And when it really hit me hard um, was about seven years ago. Um, As you know, I'm Dr. Joe Dennis. Well, to be a doctor, (laughs) a PhD holder, you have to do a dissertation. And about seven, Uh, seven years ago, six years ago, I uh, actually went and I had already been accepted for a job here at Piedmont, was really ready to start this next chapter of my life. The only thing I needed to do was defend my dissertation. And just a little background, quick background, like by the time you're in graduate school, and you're to the point of defending your dissertation, it's almost always a no-brainer that you're going to pass. Because mm-hmm. typically, the professors on your committee would not let you get to a point where you're going to defend if there are significant things you need to change, right? Mm-hmm. Because typically, like, you know, you're going through the capstone process. Yep. You know, uh, Dr. Van Canfort, DVC, won't let you go on that stage if, if you... <laughs> have a lot of other stuff that you haven't completed yet, right?
0: Right, yeah. I have to complete each deliverable when they're due. Right. I cannot move on to the next one until the previous one has been uh, signed off on.
1: Man, I wish I had DVC when I was doing my <laughs> dissertation because... So what happened is here I am all ready to go and I'm going to defend. And it turns out three of the five professors did not pass me. And Madison, I'm like, this is unheard of. Like that never happens. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, of course, it triggered just a huge downward spiral. And so finally, I wrote like a very long Facebook post and I just said, I failed, And then I'm a writer, as you know. And so Mm -hmm. I I wrote something, you know, kind of semi-poetic. But it was very self-deprecating and and very much a sign of where I was. And what that did, one... I got over like 200 or so replies from people wishing me well, offering help. But it also, um, it also, that, that meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. It made me feel like I wasn't alone. But it also like triggered other people that I know, people in my church, for example, who are professors to come like physically and be like, Joe, we're going to help you get this done. And it was just so like the the depression that I sunk into was completely like reversed because it went from, Oh my gosh, I failed this. Like I'm the first person like in forever to fail their dissertation. I'm so stupid to wow. Look at all the people who love me and who care about me and who are really willing to help me, even though, you know, it has nothing to do with them.
0: Right. I mean, in a way it's kind of some, I have a similar thing is, um, which actually was with my first deliverable, because I had panicked that I wasn't going to get the corrections back because it had taken me a while to actually get it done just because of what had been going on at home. So finding time to work on it was very hard. And just whenever I sent it in and, you know, how DVC can make it very um, stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started I, I started to panic because I was like – I was thinking in my head, I guess, that I would be like the first one to get a, like a strike. You know, I don't usually like – I mean, as you as you know, like I usually get my stuff done early. I try to get it done on time and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, I, I reached out with you, and you helped me with that, which just completely just relieved me because I mean, I know I'm I wouldn't I know I wasn't the first one that would have gotten like a strike off the first deliverable, but for, I guess for me, just in my self conscious, like that's not how you are. That's not who you are. You know, you get your stuff done. Exactly. And it was, it was a I mean it was a big relief, but it, it's something similar like okay, so. You know, my professors care about me. They're not going to let me fail because they know how I am, and it, absolutely. it
1: helped me absolutely. And and you know, social media is just one tool where you can communicate that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting because you he had asked me to come on this like last week, and. A couple days ago, a memory came up on my Facebook. You know how Facebook has memories yeah. every day from years past. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of days ago, a memory came up um, from maybe like five years ago or four years ago where I said, I, I actually made a comment that I know people post their best lives and their best, you know, great things that are happening in their life mm-hmm. typically on, on Facebook. And that's great. And I'm happy to see that. And yeah. I love that. And I said, however, I know a lot of people are struggling with things as well. And so uh, I just want people to know that uh, this is what I'm struggling with. And, you know, it was not anything. It wasn't like the dissertation or, I, you know, I was mm-hmm. downward spiraling. But I just said, you know, I'm struggling with, I, I don't even remember what it was, but something like with my kids, you know, with right. raising my kids. And I was struggling with work and I was struggling with something else. And... um and then I said, What's your, what are you struggling with, you know? Mm-hmm. And then so people commented about some of the things they're struggling with, too. And I just felt that was a very therapeutic use of social media for me and others.
0: Yeah, which I, I've never, like, seen someone do that, like, call, like, you know, what are you struggling with? Just to, like, it kind of gives people a sense of, I guess, kind of a normal kind of sense. Like, okay, I can comment this and mm-hmm. just to share what I'm going through because – for me, when I when I post on social media, I don't post much at all. I like to, I usually just go on and scroll. But when I post, I like to post stuff whenever I have something to say or something to post about. Sure. Um, and I mean that's just how I am. But usually, it's something that's going on, like either with school or even sometimes my mental disability. Because I usually I don't like to talk about it as much. Because uh, in terms of the groups, I don't reach out to them as much. Um, I mainly learn about them through my mom. She she's more active in those groups. But I mean, it, it, I can see that it helps her,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so usually when I when I tell people about what I have, it's usually people who I trust or anything like that because I'm actually working on like a, a documentary about bipolar for my mom and I. So it's just a solo team, just me working on it, and like I'm at a dilemma right now. I was like, okay, so how do I want to present it whenever I do finish it? Because uh, Professor Jackson and I were like, you know, do we want to do like um, set up a premiere night in the screening room mm-hmm. or show it at Symposium? And it's really hard for me to decide because I mean that's like putting myself out there because yeah. I mean it'll be advertised on some of the social medias for Symposium or anything like that. And it's a very personal story. So it's something that I have to take into consideration just because of how much stigma there is around the disorder, which is why I'm making the documentary. It just it gets very hard sure. for the the stigma because, um, like, I've been in um, the Mac lab and I've heard other students talk about it, describe the weather or describe teachers, other students. And it's really hard because you're like – like, you have to remind yourself they don't know you have it. You know, just stay quiet and mm-hmm. stuff. but. yeah. I mean, it, it gets hard, but I think reaching out on social media can be a very big help.
1: It can be very therapeutic, yes.
0: So ba- based on what we were just discussing, do you believe that social media can give a sense of community to those who struggle with mental disabilities, even if they aren't, like, actually diagnosed, but, like, for, like, their mental health or just, you know, uh, mental disabilities?
1: Absolutely. I, I, I really try when I am scrolling through social media, you know, and and whatever pops up on my feed. If I see someone that I'm connected with, a friend, a student, uh, a former colleague, whatever posts something that, you know, indicates that they're struggling with something, I will make sure of it, depending what it is, you know, Mm -hmm. either I'll comment, but sometimes I'll just send a direct message and I'll just be like, Hey, hey, Madison, uh, I saw your Facebook post and I just want you to know I'm here for you. If you want to talk about something um, mm-hmm. so i'll do I'll try to make an effort to do things like that when I see it, because I think again it goes back to the you talk about community, it goes back to knowing you're not alone, right because you and I have both been there uh, I'm sure where we we go we we go down that spiral, mm-hmm. and the the number one thing you feel is you're alone, and that is mm-hmm. such a hard thing to deal with
0: yeah, and once you're like when you spiral down, I um, mean, I've heard it described as basically the bottom of the barrel kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: extremely hard to one let people reach out to try to let like help you, mm-hmm. but it's just it's really hard just to get kind of out of that funk in a it way, is. because you just I mean I, I mean they say that it's much easy like from what I've heard. It's easier to be negative than it is to be the positive. And so whenever you're in that negative, I could be wrong about this name. It could be back, <laughs> reversed. <laughs> I can't exactly remember. No, you're right. I think um, it is easier to be negative. Right. Because like I had my dad, he gave me an example because it takes like, I guess, two, like one negative thing that you've that has happened to you and it takes one to two positive things to overwrite that negative. Mm-hmm. Um, that my dad was talking to me back a few talk to me about a few weeks ago, and I can see that because typically when things go wrong, I go straight to being negative. And it's like, well, I don't need to do that. You won't try to stay as positive as you can. So whenever you get out of that funk, the best thing to do is probably just to talk it out, so you prevent yourself from going back to that funk.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. There's an old saying, "Misery loves company." I don't know if you've heard that phrase. Yes, I have. But- it's so true. It's so true. And, yeah. and I think on psychological levels, that's true as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, As I've gotten older, a lot of those sayings like that, I'm like, okay, it actually does make sense. You know, mm-hmm. When you're younger, like, eh, that doesn't make sense. But when you get older and you start dealing with depression or dealing with any mental disability, a lot of the sayings that you hear growing up, you're like, okay, it's starting to make sense now. Right. And stuff. So as a as social media evolves, because as you know, it's evolving every day. There's always some new new, new thing going on. But as social media evolves, do you think that it'll continue to just advance the ability to help those with social or to help those with a mental uh, illness?
1: That's a really good question. And someone who teaches mass communications and tries my best to stay up to date on things which is really hard to do, Madison. I don't. Uh, I struggle, and and it's mm-hmm. you guys, uh, students, who help me stay up to date on things because, I'm like, oh, uh, this student has been sitting in my office for thirty minutes. This was like a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. This student has been sitting in my office for thirty minutes and has just kept swiping and swiping and swiping and laughing and swiping and laughing. And so sw- I'm like what are you doing? And that's how I was introduced to TikTok. Uh. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay. But anyway, um, I hope so. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I think there's some social media like Facebook, um, even Twitter, that where, you know, it's Mm -hmm. word-based, that it's a little uh, more beneficial. Uh, It's easier to find the benefits of it for mental health um, rather than other social media outlets. Now that's in terms of someone who is like depressed posting. Now I do see benefits and, and I know like your project and, and and other people I've seen, you know, they'll post like Instagram messages that, you know, are mm-hmm. inspirational or that, you know, are trying to bring attention to things. Mm-hmm. That could be very helpful, I think, uh, for, for people. For example, I know one of your cohorts, Rowan Edmonds, she's doing about... Uh, body image, she's Mm -hmm. doing stuff about that. And so she's doing some posts, you know, talking about uh, different body types and whatnot. And that's very helpful, I think, for people who might be struggling with body image. Um, So yeah, I do think there will continue to be ways to utilize social media for good. It's just a little um, confusing as to how that might be.
0: Yeah, I could see I can see how that could be confusing. I mean, I mean, as as for me growing up in the 21st century, I mean, I didn't I didn't really grow up with social media, so I'm still learning it myself. I didn't really have it until, like, high school, middle school area. And, like, Twitter, I still have no idea really how to properly <laughs> use Twitter because I'm in social media, mobile apps right now. So a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, like, getting yourself out there, branding, stuff like that, I'm, st- I'm struggling with because I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um but um, like when you brought up my, the Instagram uh, post that I that I've been doing, um, see, because my idea for that is because a lot of it I'm sure you've noticed half of it's nature pictures and then other half are pictures that I've made like in Canva. Mm-hmm. And the reason I've done that is f- with mental disabilities, they talk about doing like nature walks, going out in nature, spending time outside because the fresh air and just going for a walk can help release. Um, I think it's endorphins, do- endorphins. dopamine, yeah. dopamine, yeah. And so I'll go outside and I'll try to find something that would be kind of cool. Like I did a close up picture of the pine cone or recently I did one of this moss I found on this log because I thought it was really cool. And so I try to so I've tried to incorporate nature pictures because, I mean, when I see stuff about nature, it makes me feel happy. Like, huh, I'm way, way, I can, you know, go there or find something similar. And then with the. Like, the podcast post or the blog post, I try to do Canva to try to incorporate some graphics of the topic. So, like, with the social media doing kind of the brain or the mind with what looks like social media posts to try to incorporate the two. But that's kind of what I try to do. And then I try to – and then I will put, like, little facts, like, tidbits, like, hey, remember, take care of yourself. You know, there's – social media can be used for more than just – communicating it can be a tool mm-hmm. but i personally think that it can it, or it will continue to help people even as it does evolve does like recently with my response paper we were talking for capstone we were talking the book we we're talking about was about the journal, journalism and like the penny press and how the penny press just was such a huge
1: spread of information yeah, like sp- sp- people were, yeah, sp- yeah it made spread. it accessible it Made
0: it accessible and so one thing i talked about in my paper was because when that started happening with the internet was to question the definition of journalism
1: mm-hmm.
0: and for me i in my opinion because i mean as with this with social media involved with mental health social media is involved with journalism yes. and for me I mean, in terms of def defined journalism is we're still just we're supposed to you know provide the story get the information try to be as unbiased as possible but as well as i don't think that like newspaper or anything is going to go anywhere i just think the difference is is how people receive it Right. With as social media is, is evolving, and the same with um, to help with mental illness, I think maybe some of the tools or the buttons might change, but I think people should will still be able to reach out to each other.
1: Yeah, that's great. And I, you know, I'm not too familiar with the ticky tocky and <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> joking. <laughs> Um, but, but, you know, I am sh- i don't know. Do you use that? Are there people that, like, post videos and stuff that, you know, help our, you know, mental health awareness or?
0: There are. Um, the one thing about that is, um, like, Rowan and I discussed in my first episode is, I mean, you could watch the video, but still, I would do your own research after sure, the video. Of because, course. I mean, obviously, they're not a doctor. I mean, they might deal with it and have personal experience, but they might not, but you don't know as the viewer. So one thing that we were talking about was, I mean, watch the video because some people try to be like self-diagnose themselves based on what someone said, like you have these signs, you have this. And in that aspect, I don't think that's good at all. Right. So in my opinion, I mean, yeah, there are people who do that, but still do your own research mm-hmm. just to make sure what you're hearing does correlate. Or if you see a therapist of your own, you know, be like, hey, you know, I saw this. Is this true or is it not true? And Then they can tell you. Right. So, but there's a lot of stuff on there about on, a lot of stuff on there uh, about that.
1: That's good. And I think, again, like you said, in the ties to journalism, it's people sharing their stories you Mm know um i'm very like my my depression is controlled and Mm -hmm. it has been controlled for a long time Mm -hmm. and i'm very uh i acknowledge i don't want to say i'm proud of it (laughs) but i acknowledge it i accept it it's part of who Mm -hmm. i am i have asthma i'm not embarrassed about that right it's just when i uh if i if the weather changes and it gets really cold and there there's cold air and i'm outside for a while mm-hmm. i'm going to start wheezing i'm going to need to use my inhaler right depression is the same thing mm-hmm. i have clinical depression uh, i take medication for it if if things happen in my life i'm more prone to sink into a mental you know ditch yeah. than other people maybe mm-hmm. and that's okay uh that's who i am so i think just putting Those stories out there helps eliminate the stigma of it.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that because, I mean, for last year, my my junior year is when I started the, or no, my last semester is when I started my documentary. And I think that was mainly for me just starting to be like, okay, I have bipolar. It is what it is. So I think that, I mean, it took me a long time because I got diagnosed at 15. So it's been a while, but I think I'm finally starting to accept it like I have it and there's nothing to be ashamed about it. So I thought about making a documentary about it for all the misconceptions. I mean, there's nothing to be ashamed about, nothing to be ashamed about reaching out or just putting your story out there because there's other people who are going through something similar.
1: Absolutely.
0: And so, well, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Madison. I think what you're doing is great. Um, and I think it will help people and uh, and just good job.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. So be sure to tune in next Monday for the next episode of the podcast where we will be talking about the negative effects of uh, social media on mental health. Also, feel free to follow me on Instagram at social underscore mentality zero one. And if you want something to read uh, before the episode of the podcast where I go into more detail, feel free to Check out my blog on powersmadison441.wixsite.com slash social-mentality.